Um, so let's switch over a little bit to the to the one verified ghost story other than Jesus that we uh, that we we have, I think, in in the Bible. Um, Jesus a ghost story? Dude, of course he is. Well, dude, that's you know. I, I I go more zombie, you know. But <laughs> come on, offense all my Christian friends out there. He, he, I mean, yeah, he resurrected, but he was a little supernatural after that resurrection. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you are you saying not? I mean, you know. Let, let's move on. Welcome to episode 135 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over craft food, pint, fine wine, whatever happens to be in your glass is good enough for us. Catch new episodes weekly is the Reverend Shannon Meacham, yours truly, Reverend Ogan Holder, and a special rotating guest. Address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, and yes, usually with that good brewing hand. Today, Shannon is gone. And believe it or not, they gave me the helm, and hopefully no one will have regrets. So we got we got two guests. Uh, first, we welcome back um, after being, I think he's only done one episode guesting maybe, but he's going to be part of our regular ro- rotation, uh, Rabbi Eli Friedman. He's a rabbi in Philadelphia where he sh- serves. I should have asked you how to pronounce your congregation name properly. I'm going to butcher it. What is it? Rodef Shalom. Rodef Shalom. Sounds like it sounds in my head. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and his duties include social justice initiatives, adult education, working with young adults and families. Welcome back to the show, Rabbi Eli. Thank you, Ogan. Great to be back. And in Shannon's absence is, and I'm reading from the script, so, um, <laughs> which I think Shannon wrote, which would make sense. In Shannon's absence is, and I quote, her most handsome husband. That's quote. most handsome of her slew of husbands. <laughs> I was, I was, you know what? I'm so glad you said it. I'm like, is there at least a handsome husband? What denomination is that where the wives get multiple husbands? Hey, you know what? As long as you're all consenting adults, I got no issues or judgments. Okay, okay. What do y'all do? Is what y'all's up to you. Derek? Weston is here. Derek is the director of program and volunteers at Hope Springs, a nonprofit in Baltimore, where he helps faith communities engage in advocacy and decency for people living with HIV and AIDS. Good to have you, Derek. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, and I get to do this part because Shannon's not here. Uh, you can show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Dip your toe in at the shot glass level. I'm here $2 a month or go for the full pint or growler level to keep this show rolling and get yourself some PT Live swag and access to extended interviews with special guests. Visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started and a big thank you to our current patrons. And you can join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using hashtag PT Live. Follow at Pub Theology on those platforms and check out video clips from the show on IGTV or watch us on YouTube for extra content. All right, and today we are going to discuss ghost stories, close encounters, and ghosting. We're going to jump on the Halloween stuff, apparently. 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 Not too early. It, it's, it, yeah, was, it's apparently. It's, it's out in stores already, right? I was going to say, I was at the supermarket this morning. I couldn't believe it. The problem is when you buy the candy this early, then you just eat it all, and you have to buy more when Halloween comes There's around. No way it's going to make it Halloween. I don't know why you defined it as a problem, but that's <laughs> don't see where the problem is. Um, so let's hear what folks are drinking. Uh, Rabbi Eli, why, Eli, what you got going on? Yeah, so I got something a little local. I got uh, Trogues out of uh, Harrisburg, PA, um, really, or Hershey, PA, I mean. Um, this is a, uh, a bottle condition. It's called uh, La Grave. 
uh, little French uh, backcountry ski resort, which it's named after. Beautiful triple golden ale. I'll be uh, popping it right now. I was saying earlier that I have a, a, a bris a little bit later after this, so I, I'm not gonna drink too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, gotta be, gotta be on my game. Uh, I'm not doing the actual circumcision, so it's okay, it's but it is, a, uh, it is an eight percenter, so you know, we gotta be careful here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, too too many. You have all male hosts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's too this easy. Is the direction we're going today. <laughs> I'm not. I'm um, no pun intended, but I'm not touching it. It's it's too easy. We're just gonna leave that one alone. Not 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 gonna touch it. What are you drinking today, Derek? So I'm also going local. Uh, Union Craft Beer, uh, Baltimore Brewery. Their Fest beer, their October Fest Lager. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm opposed to this whole, like, you know, ending summer early, jumping straight into Halloween stuff, but I do like a good Oktoberfest beer. So there you go. Uh, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta go. And for those in the video who just saw me completely spill my beer all over my desk at work. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally uh, agree. These bottle conditioned beers, they get very, uh. You're going to need to get some Febreze as well because people are going to be walking in the office going like, why does it smell like this in here? Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, well, it is officially the first day of autumn, but it is like, I don't know, 88 degrees up here in New England, up in the Boston area. It's like 90 here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm still, and I had one more of my summer stash in the fridge of also going local from Jack's Abbey Brewery in Framingham, oh. Massachusetts, the Blood Orange Wheat. So that's I love Jack's Abbey. They do all uh, all lagers, right? That's like their whole thing. That is their thing. Yeah. So it's 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 the last summer beer stash. It still feels like summer out, and I'm with you, Derek. If if the temperature says it's summer, then it's summer. It's summer, folks. Um. So uh, today's uh, sort of opening, uh, get us in the mood for talking question. Um, we sort of alluded to this um, a few minutes ago. Is it too early to eat candy corn? So um, if by too early, you mean, should you ever eat candy corn? Um, yes, it is too early. Also, later is too early. Um, <laughs> October 31st is too early. Candy corn should not be consumed. Derek, you read my mind. I think candy corn is disgusting. It tastes like sugary wax and uh, is not real candy at all. Uh, we go in three for three on that. Um, <laughs> no, no one should ever eat uh, candy corn at any, any time. Quick, quick follow-up, quick follow-up. Uh, Favorite favorite candy then? What's your what's your favorite candy? You know, I thought you might ask this. I actually I brought it with me. Um, friends uh, of mine just came back from Israel, and you're not going to believe this. I'll show it for the folks in the video. This is chocolate that has pop rocks inside of it. No way. It's, it's an Israeli chocolate. You can only get it there, and it is the most amazing thing you've ever eaten because literally as you're chewing the chocolate, the Pop Rocks explode in your mouth. It's like two of my favorite candies, chocolate and Pop Rocks in one. My wow. brain would be so confused. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's a good uh, bonus content for uh, future episodes of Eli eating the Pop Rocks. I could actually put my mouth right up to the microphone and, uh, and like, you can and hear the popping Seeing what happens. Yeah, you, know, you should you should send us. You know, I got a better idea. We you should send us all some of that, and then we all trade on air together, just, just to get our our like reaction. I'll, I'll do it. That'd be fun, yeah. definitely. Because <laughs> it sounds good on paper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're like, I'm not sure where this is going. I don't actually exactly. Know. I I don't know. What about you, Derek? Mm. What what top, what tops your list? Reese's peanut butter cups all the way. Um and yeah. and I am I am a firm believer in freezing them and, oh. and eating them from the freezer. They are best when cold and even be better uh, when they are coldest. So I am, uh, that is that is the day after Halloween is when you can find the discounted Reese's Peanut Butter. Cup. Right. So that is the one thing that I look forward to. 
Um, I am I am weird in that I love peanut butter. I love peanuts. I love chocolate. I don't love peanut butter or peanut butter flavoring stuff in chocolate. I oh. I can I can depend on the on the candy bar handle peanuts in chocolate, but usually peanut butter stuff and chocolate. It's it's for some reason the two. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm kind of weird that way. So I don't I don't do the Reese's peanut butter thing. Either. What's your favorite? Your so for me, I didn't realize that I could also do a visual aid. Oh, I write or die with Skittles, man. <laughs> I have I. I have taste the rainbow. I have been, I've been um, for the last few years in an effort to do a lot of uh, things to stave off the family, uh, the family trait of type two diabetes. Damn. I've been really been looking at, you know, trying to eat better, cut down on the sugar intake. You know, even more recently, the last few months, it's been, it's been like this, this sort of. You know, seventy-five percent in on the calorie watching thing, and and I'm dropping some pounds, and it's all good. But but this right here, this is my kryptonite. And and every time, anytime I'm traveling, and when I say traveling, I mean like a long road trip or a plane trip. I can't stop myself from getting these. So I just I just flew back from Virginia Beach last night, and I'm walking through the airport. And I don't know what happened. I'm standing at the in the you know the the, the, like the Hudson News Seller stores, and I'm standing in front of the wall with with the peanuts and the cashews and all that, and and the and the trail mix, trying to decide which one to buy. And then I think I blacked out because the next thing I know, I'm sitting at the gate with a bag of Skittles, and I have no recollection of what happened in that interim. I hope I didn't shoplift them, but uh, but that's what happened. Um, yeah, it's my, they're my Achilles heel. I will, I'll be polishing this off later. And yes, I will count the calories. And they're not that bad, actually. Like, 27 Skittles is only 120 fat free, calories. Right? What's that? They're fat-free, too, right? They are, are they? Just a lot of sugar. One <laughs> gram of fat. There's okay. one gram of fat. A lot of sugar. A lot of artificial colors. Yeah. I mean, a lot of artificial colors. Yeah. You know... But there is, there actually is citric acid. That's vitamin C. So, hey. That's a hey. It's, it's not all bad. <laughs> well, I mean, 98% bad, but it, it's not all bad. So 27 pieces, 110 calories. Yeah. If I could only get by with eating 27 pieces at a time, we'd be all right. Um, so getting on topic. Are you a fan of ghost stories? Do you know any good ones? And and I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch the question a little bit to include uh, movies, um, ghost movies, um, like even horror or somewhere along that spectrum where you want to land. How how you feel about those? And if you have any favorites? So I used to be I used to like scary movies, ghost stories, all that kind of stuff, and I haven't been into it as much recently. And I think it's a, a product of maybe age and where I'm at in life and. I've realized there's there's just too many scary things. There's too many things I'm stressed about in my day-to-day life. You know, I have two young kids. I, I worry about everything. And the only time I get to be able to watch, you know, TV and movies and stuff is, you know, nine o'clock at night after everyone's in bed and dishes are done. And honestly, the last thing I want is anything that's going to get my heart rate up. I need something like stupid and funny. So I've not really been a been a, a scary movie or ghost story fan in, in recent years. You know, I'm I'm with you. I think my shift happened with when I became a parent too. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is like you know, my, my heart's already up in my chest, just you know, seeing her attempt to walk and not fall over, ride a bike and not bust her head open, you know, climb a tree and not break a limb. So like, you know, there's that heightened state of anxiety. You know, yeah. as she's a teenager and out and I say, text me when you get there. And it's like three hours later and no text, you know, and so there's always that. So, so why, you're right. Why add I more? more? I wouldn't even want stranger things, which I heard like wasn't even that scary. But uh, I was like, you know, I, I, I'm good. Maybe, maybe when I have vacation, I can watch it at like 10 o'clock in the morning when the sun's out and I'm totally like at, at peace and calm. I'll, I'll give it a shot. You need, you need to watch it. It's worth it. Yeah. It's not too scary. No, no, there's really no scare factor in that at all. 
right. I'm, I'm watching for the 80s nostalgia. Um, and, and there is, I would say, I would say some, uh, some really dark suspense. Okay. Uh, but, but scary. Well, then again, you know, after the stuff I've seen, <laughs> scary is a little bit of a, <laughs> a, a, a stretch. My daughter was trying to drag me to go see it. Um, oh, yeah. she, she actually uh, read, the, I may have read the novel years ago. I saw like some original, uh, you know, cinematic versions of it. She read the novel two years ago. She's seen the movies and she was trying to, I, no, sweetie, I love you, but no, I, I'm good. <laughs> What's with scary clowns? Like, I don't know. Uh, the waterfall. Just like, oh. Clowns are scary, man. It's naturally scary. Um, you, you get that blast of color coming towards you. And you know you get the you get the exaggerated you know nose ears eye makeup like it's a it's a dis, you know the big feet it's a distorted human shape going on, and some of them do the voices it's it's not a normal human being coming towards you so why wouldn't you be afraid and then then what's worse is that when they look because of makeup like they're happy but you know they really don't want to be there. <laughs> And that's the whole depression inside. Exactly. Messes with your emotions. So why not? How about you, Derek? Where you land on ghost stories? So I'm, I'm, uh, I've never actually been into ghost stories, um, scary stuff, horror, like none of that is my jam at all. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not big into, uh, ghost stories. However, I will say, um, like as far as like the real life ones, uh, we always used to joke. So in my um, parents' house, there was this quirk that was a, uh, if you closed a door on one side of the house, another door would open. <laughs> and it just kind of happened anytime you like, you would close the door and like, you would just be in a room and sometimes like a door would just shut because someone across the house had closed a door somewhere. And it would just freak you out because you're like, what's going on? And you'd have to like yell across the house, did you close the door? Um, but that was, that was, we blame that on ghost. Um, but in terms of actual like ghost stories, that's yeah, just really not my jam, not my thing, scary stuff. Like you said, real life is scary enough. Um, right. Just try to, uh, just trying to survive. I find it interesting you guys went to ghosts and not went to when God closes the door, he opens another. <laughs> I thought you might have gone there. I don't think I was theologically there at the time. Uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know who ruined ghosts for me, right? Scooby-Doo. Because I grew up watching a lot of Scooby-Doo, and in every Scooby-Doo episode, the ghosts turn out to be some dude. Yeah, it's always, always, let's see, that creates your fear of old white men, though. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they right? ask the yes. actually an old white guy. Right, right, right. The, the real terror. Um, but yeah, so, so, that, so for me, anytime there was ever a story of ghosts, I'm like, it's, it's probably some, some dude in a costume trying to scare people. <laughs> So I was I was kind of kind of, kind of ruined with that. Scooby Doo, dude. I was in quick segue. I was in Cracker Barrel uh, last Friday. I don't usually frequent Cracker Barrel, but I was I was um, meeting my uh, my wife's my wife's parents to do a car exchange thing, and they're from rural Southern Virginia, so that's that's a nice safe place that we can all find something to eat mm-hmm. and. In their, you know, in their video, weird video display case was the crossover to end all crossovers. Scooby Doo meets Batman. Nice. And as as this close to buying it, <laughs> just to, just to go like, just to imagine the the room in which that idea was pitched, and somebody said, "Let's go with this," and we wrote a script of where Scooby Doo met Batman, and. What did they come up with? Brilliant. I was curious. Brilliance is what they came up with. I'd like to see them try to rip his mask off at the end and see how that right. <laughs> All right. So have you personally had any interactions with ghosts of spirits? Have you felt the presence of someone who's died? Do you imagine there's, there is a spirit realm in which they exist and we can interact with them? Uh, 
you know, what, where, where, where are you with that? It's, it's sort of a, I guess it's sort of a pseudo afterlife question. Um, where, where are you, where are you guys with that? We let, we let the rabbi weigh in. I'm, I'm interested in hearing the, uh, yeah. the, both the traditional and the current Jewish perspectives on this. Yeah. So traditionally in Judaism, there definitely is a belief in the afterlife. There's a belief, of course, in the immortality of the soul. Um, traditional, um, like Orthodox Judaism actually believes in the bodily resurrection. Um, you know, if you think about, obviously, Christianity and the whole, you know, resurrection of Jesus, obviously this came from Judaism. And so there was a belief in, in resurrection during the Messianic times and that our souls would be reunited with our bodies. Um, that's always really weirded me out because I'm like zombie apocalypse is like immediately where my head goes. And I'm like, I don't think the messianic age is going to be the zombie apocalypse necessarily. But um, traditionally, actually, the most righteous Jews are buried right outside uh, the temple, like where the temple was, where the Western Wall is on the okay. hill right there, you know, by Mount Zion in Jerusalem, because the imagery was that like when, when the Messiah came and the temple was rebuilt, they would literally rise from graves and all they have to do is just roll down the hill and they'd be the first ones there at the temple to offer their sacrifices to God. <laughs> no way. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, we got Ezekiel and the dry bones and, you know, right. all that stuff. Um, within progressive Judaism, and my congregation is part of the reform movement, the URJ, the Union for Reform Judaism, which is the, the largest denomination here in America. Um, I think we speak, tend to speak a little more um, metaphorically, and we tend to talk about the idea of sort of legacy. And so, you know, me personally, I don't think I've ever um, necessarily, you know, believe that there was like a ghost or a spirit in the room but, you know, when someone passes away in Judaism, we say, um, may his memory be a blessing, or may her memory be a blessing. And I always think about, like, what does that mean for someone's memory to be a blessing? And I know there's been, been moments in my life where I felt, I've definitely felt the presence of maybe my grandparents or something. Um, I uh, was recently up in uh, North Philly uh, at a now a church that used to be a synagogue where my grandparents were married. And it was just the incredible, it's now a Pentecostal church in this neighborhood, Strawberry Mansion. It was really Jewish back in like the 20s and 30s. Um, and being in this space and seeing, they still had the, the Magain David, the Jewish star up and the pastor was showing me around. And I don't know, I felt, I think I did feel my, my, my grandparents' presence there. Um, I felt like I could I could picture them in that moment, and you know I just thought about all the things that that they taught me and the the ways that their lives have been a blessing to me. Wow, that's nice. It's beautiful. Nice, I like that. Would you, Brian? Oh, uh, Brian, Derek, old habits die hard, man. Sorry. <laughs> old habits die hard. Um. Yeah, I really I really love what Eli just said. Um. You know, I, I, I've had, I guess, sort of the similar experience and, and I, um, anyone who knows me, uh, knows that I'm a big gardener. Um, and I got my green thumb from my grandparents and, um, I've had this feeling at times of the presence and, and not just the presence, but the kind of like a presence and approval of them when I'm like out in the garden, when I'm, you know, uh, when I'm working with my hands, when, when I'm, when I'm pruning my roses, I, you know, I feel like my grandmother is watching me and telling me I'm doing it wrong. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's just kind of who she was. Um, and, and I've kind of had, I've had that experience. I don't think I've ever had, um, I don't think I've ever had like the experience of like a specter or a ghost. Now, one one thing that I don't know if it's kind of related because I, I do, I do believe in like a spirit realm. I have definitely had what I feel are moments of um, being in touch with that spirit realm and like so. Uh, we just passed the anniversary of of nine eleven. And I remember, like, the night before being very restless. 
and being very like disturbed and like not really being able to put my finger on what it was just sort of like something being off and i've had that a couple times in my life with with kind of big like disasters um and and or or days where really hard things have happened in my life where i feel like there's some sort of change in you know as weird as this is going to sound like some sort of change in spiritual energy um so I don't, I don't, I don't know where that fits. I don't know if that just makes me crazy. Um, it it but... does not make you crazy. It's not weird. And how can we patch you into an early warning system? Right. <laughs> right? But, uh, those dogs that start freaking out like before the earthquake comes. Right. right? Exactly. Like, I think I got a little bit of that going on. Exactly. Uh, uh, maybe it's I don't know. It's probably just lunar waves or something. Um, but but I, I I do believe that there is a like I believe that there's a spiritual realm and like as, as scientific as my brain is as kind of a default, I do believe that there is a realm of the spirit where there are things that are intangible, but still active and conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I've, I guess I just, I, I will probably never really let go of that belief. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Um, I don't I don't think anyone can actually accurately, beyond a shadow of a doubt, says what happens next. Right. So um, how about how about you, Ogan? Where are you Where are you on this? And what is what does Unity say about this? Oh Lord. To the, to the, <laughs> I was hoping you, you 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 made Eli speak for all of Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, Unity does not have an official position on what happens next. So Unity's Unity's premise is that the essence of who we are is eternal because it is not just of God, but is God. So so there's that piece of us that pre-existed and will continue to exist. Um, but the problem with Unity, sorry, not the problem, the... Uh, <laughs> challenge the challenge with unity and forming an official position on anything is that um, unity unity tends to be the place where many people find themselves after they didn't belong somewhere else because of their views so we got we have everyone from basically after knife deniers to folks who are channeling and everywhere in between so so we got the whole range of um if you if you read the writings of the founders charles and myrtle fillmore um their emphasis is is always on the how do you transform your consciousness in life now Mm -hmm. and and you know the the afterlife experiences is simply that of rejoining rejoining the all that is the oneness the 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 eternity that is god um and so that's so so there's no you know there's no real unity teaches this about what happens after we die. Gotcha. Um, and you go to 15 different unity churches, depending on who's there, you'll get 15 different answers. And congregants always asking me what I think. And um, I'm always gentle with my sharing and, and um, recently have kind of landed on to saying to them, I honestly don't know. My focus is always about what are we doing now that we're alive? that matters more to me it also matters where you get your guidance from so if you are clear that your guidance primarily is going to come from you know the entity being channeled by this person over here i would invite you to realize that you know divine knowledge is a part of who you are look 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 to your own divinity for guidance because you just never know so that's what i say to people that being said um, I, I can speak clearly of feeling the presence of uh, my wife a few times after she passed away. She passed away four years ago now. And there were, there were a couple times when, interestingly enough, she kind of reached out to me first through some of those said channelers. Um, and, um, and, but then I had a couple of direct experiences the last of which actually was uh, on a yoga mat. I was, I was, you know, at the end of yoga, you do the shavasana, you're just lying splayed in that relaxed uh, pose. 
And all of a sudden, like, I could feel and see, not with my physical eyes, but could see her presence floating right above me. And this was, I want to say, two years ago in which she said, I'm good now. Thank you. I love you. And haven't encountered her since. Haven't encountered her since. One time before that, I think she might have been in the body of a squirrel. And by the way, I don't <laughs> listen, dude. When it when it happened, you know, we talk about feeling the presence of people. I was sitting out in the meditation garden behind my church, and and I'm reading, and there's a squirrel chirping noisily up in the tree, and like I feel her presence, and I, Derek, being the analytical person, I'm like, this is kind of ridiculous, right? <laughs> I'm just having this nostalgic moment right. and the squirrel just happens to be there. And for some reason I was like, just on the offshoot chance, it is you like, you know, and all of a sudden the squirrel takes his little paw and puts it over its heart. And I was like, oh. yeah, it doesn't mean anything. You know, that could be a whole the whole fascinating string of coincidence. That squirrel, squirrel might have had indigestion. The squirrel might have been trying to clear a little bit of nut out of its esophagus. I don't know what was happening, but it's kind of freaky. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. Gotta say. Gotta say. Yeah. Got wow. kind, of, kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> okay, you take it from this moment of like, I'm, I'm having pins and needles. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> about this thing and then the squirrel. 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 Uh, you know but but yes so so you know there've been there've been a couple other incidences where where i felt her presence there was also those incidences incident incidences where especially earlier in the grief stage when i was still in the you know you know what uh, my version of wwjd what would jennifer do especially when it came to parenting things and and you know hear her voice in my head and and as a result of that yes feel her presence there in that um sometimes gentle often not so gentle pushing and urging about what to do but i was also clear that that was me kind of conjuring up um her her guidance in that situation but you know um i i refer to uh i refer to um the or the seminal author of our time, J.K. Rowling, when um, Harry Potter is, you know, he's just surrendered his life to Voldemort. He's killed and he's having that, you know, out-of-body experience with, with Dumbledore. And he says, is this, is this real or is this happening in my head? And Dumbledore's response is basically like, what's the difference? So, so you know, there's all that too. Yeah. There is all that too. So, um, but you know, there's plenty of reality TV shows, ghost hunters and stuff like that, that will, uh, for those who are really into it, that they can go uh, follow, um, follow that up. Um, so let's switch over a little bit to the, to the one verified ghost story other than Jesus that we, uh, that we, we have, I think, in, in the Bible. Um, Jesus a ghost story? Dude, of course he is. Well, dude, that's you know. I, I go more zombie, you know, but like, come on, no all my Christian friends out there. He, he, I mean, yeah, he resurrected, but he was a little supernatural after that resurrection. So, yeah. uh, all right, let's let's move on. <laughs> are you are you are you saying not? I mean, you know, Let, let's move on. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Round two, maybe do a little post show discussion on that. Um, the ghost, the, the ghostology of Jesus. Uh, so, in in the Hebrew Bible, uh, aka Old Testament, uh, we have King Saul consulting the witch of Endor, yeah. and what I like to call a great Shakespearean moment. Uh, uh, he goes to summon, uh, and and the witch summons the spirit of the prophet Samuel. So, a uh, little backstory. Apparently, Saul was in a little bit of the. Uh, uh, decline of his leadership and there was a battle coming up with the with the Philistines and and he was desperate to know the outcome of the battle and he also doesn't end well for Saul spoiler it, alert 
what's that spoiler alert doesn't end well for Saul there's that no no there's not so so he uh he goes to visit the witch and apparently uh at this time he himself had pretty much uh you know began outlawing all these like for lack of a better term pagan practices um and stuff and saying you know we we're worshiping the one true god gotta stay away from all that stuff but in his need need desperate need to know what's going to happen he goes to the witch and in so this is samuel 28 13 to 15 um the witch says i see a ghostly figure coming up from the earth what does it look like an old man wearing a robe is coming up she said and then saul knew it was samuel he bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground and samuel said to saul and i love this reply why have you disturbed me by bringing me up (laughs) I was just doing fine. I was chilling with my homies. I was having fun. Exactly. Come on, man. I was so glad to be done with this place, and you drug me back. And as uh, Rabbi Eli uh, hinted on, you know, the pre the prediction was you guys are not going to survive this battle, you and your son. So, and and that happened. So we got our we got our we got a little bit of a seance sort of stuff going on there. So so given all of that, what what it. I love how Brian phrases this question. What is this biblical account of an actual ghost say to you? <laughs> an actual ghost. All right. So we have we have the ghost story. Um, what what's that bring up for you guys when you when you read this? So the the rabbis of our tradition have a lot of problems with this because Ooh, do tell. They're 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 basically, you know, we 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 have earlier in the book of Leviticus all these commandments against you know, using witches and conjurers and sorcerers and all that kind of thing. And so um, the rabbis kind of take two approaches. There's, there's some that say this was, this was not her, but this was God deciding to, to come in and, and work through this woman. And this was a real message from God and God sort of allowed this. Um, I had not heard that that take before. Yes, yeah, so this is all in like the the rabbinic commentaries, which we see in like the Talmud. Um, you know, the f- roughly you know stuff written around the year like 600 CE, Common Era, and um, and then we have some other commentators that that basically just say, no, this was this was not real. This is BS. She was making it all up. It was just coincidence that she happened to guess right around the prophecy. And that if God had really wanted to send a message to Saul, God would have, you know, used a prophet the way God has done in other cases. And so the rabbis, they, you know, they, they basically try their best to kind of discount any sort of real power that this witch had. So they're like, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Or wow. if, it did, if it did, it was all God. She had no real power because, you know, they can't, how are they going to give power to this like pagan sorceress, right? Right, right, right. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Fascinating. Now, are there any, are there any, are there any, I guess, uh, branches of schools of Judaism that, that do say, okay, maybe she, maybe she did really conjure up Saul and, uh, I mean, conjure up Samuel and, or, 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 or is the general thinking, yeah, no. No, I think there are some that say, that, that say she did, but they say that it really wasn't her. It was God. She had no real power. That, okay. God, that God was okay. not ordained to God about it. Um, so, yeah, but in general, Judaism pretty much frowns on the whole necromancy thing. You know, it's not, wow. really, uh, not really a big part of our tradition. So, so, so where where generally do you guys land on the whole Halloween thing then in terms of are, are we seeing it as just a cultural practice? Do you generally stay away from it altogether? Because there, there is there is some overlap there. Yeah, it's actually um, it's something uh, I think is a, a very good sort of modern question, because I would say more religious Jews um, sort of in the Orthodox world, will not celebrate it. Um, there is a there is a commandment in Judaism that we don't celebrate the religions of the, the the holidays of other religions. And if you really you know get down to it, Halloween is actually a, a Christian right. It's All Hallows Eve right. It's right. for All Saints Day. It is technically a Christian holiday. That being said, along the same lines, Jews wouldn't celebrate New Year's. Um, you know. 
people forget that the origin of like New Year's Day, on, you know, January 1st was actually uh, a Christian holiday. It's eight days after the birth of Jesus, right? It's the, it's actually the, the Feast of St. Sylvester, also called the Feast of the Circumcision. So you bring it all back to the circumcision. But um, <laughs> that's what it celebrates, right? It's Jesus' bris. And so, um, so there are many Jews who don't celebrate New Year's along the same lines. Others say, yes, these holidays might have had their origins in Christianity, but come on, people. It is so far from being a Christian holiday anymore today. And right. it's just an American cultural holiday. There's nothing wrong with celebrating Thanksgiving or Fourth of July or other American holidays. And a lot of these Christian holidays are, you know, predate Christianity. They're, they're appropriated exactly. from, from, from pagan festivals yeah. as well. Where, so, do you, where do you guys land on, on pagan festivals? That would be the same, that they, they wouldn't, it's not just Christians, any sort of non-Jewish, um, other religious festivals. Gotcha. Um, but but the, the point being that, you know, in my opinion, Halloween is so far removed from any sort of religious, um, you know, religious origin that it once had. Now, there may be those in certain Christian denominations who still see it as a religious holiday, in which case I wouldn't want to be offensive in that way, but at least for our family, we celebrate right. it as a... Um, just as an American cultural holiday. And my daughter's going to dress up as Daniel Tiger again, because, you know, why not? He's the best. As who? I'm sorry. Who are we talking about now? You don't know. Oh, see, your, your daughter's too old, man. You missed Daniel Tiger. He's the best. If you have to go potty, stop and go right away. All the, all the parents and toddlers are like with me right now. It, it was wow. the Mr. Rogers, like uh, Mr. Rogers 2.0. Uh, okay. Uh, PBS, really popular, a lot of good emotional intelligence stuff. He's great. So glad my daughter's 19. <laughs> we are, we are, we are, we, we're at the phase where we're eagerly awaiting Disney to start streaming their stuff so we can watch the Mandalorian. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not with that, but yeah, you know, in a very different world right now. <laughs> my, my blessings to you, my friend, my blessings to you. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Derek, where are you with this story? Was this, was this bringing well, up for you? So to me, this is not a story about ghosts. It's a story about how far afield Saul has gotten. Mm. About the fact that he has strayed so far away from God that in desperation, he has sought out this, this witch and this witch basically ends up telling him, you're screwed. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, you know, as, as, as a kind of progressive Christian, not, not as a kind of progressive, a very progressive Christian, um, you know, I, I kind of got into the place where this is, this is a, a mythological story that is here to highlight the unworthiness of Saul as a king, which is of course then setting up for David because David is, David's really the star of the show here. Right. Um, so, you know, just in, you know, just in terms of it being a, um, a ghost story in and of itself, uh, it, it doesn't do a lot for me. Like, honestly, like it's just kind of, it's just kind of there. It's kind of a thing that happened. Uh, I like that she's the Witch of Endor. Like, that gives me a good Star Wars feeling. Nice. Uh, Ewoks running out there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there were Ewoks behind her. That's awesome. (laughs) But... (laughs) I never thought about that. Lucas, Spielberg, they must have gotten that from... From Samuel, right? You never know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Come on. All of Star Wars is a messianic, you know, parallel. Come on. Yeah, right. Um, By the way, the Hebrew, you know, Endor, it's like uh, Ein Dor, which um, it's really interesting because it it could mean like, I think the translation is something like the the eye of the generation. Ooh. Generations, which is really interesting. Like what what this Hebrew word is like, what's going on there? So I don't know. but The all-seeing eye. Yeah, right? Yeah. Really okay, that makes cool. that, all right, now it's, now it's a little creepier. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I think, I think so often these stories are a way of enhancing the, the storytelling and to talk about, again, for Saul, like how far he had, 
he had strayed from where God wanted him to be as as the first king of, of mm-hmm. and 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 you know I think um, the fact that there are laws prohibiting the very thing that Saul is doing kind of you know reinforces that idea that that this was this was a story to just really like hammer home for you Saul Saul lost it um and is is uh unworthy um for him. so from for me and it's so fascinating as i was uh, thinking about this how i realized that i am i've i've this is this is a hundred percent unity's influence on me now because i would not have given i'm not i would not have said i was about to say i'm about to say like 20 years ago but but for me i was like this is an awesome nod to pagan origins and pagan stories here 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 we have someone who sort of like what you know the roman empire would do later when when christianity became its its religion is like try to stamp out everything else so here's saul saying you know you know this 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 is our one true god we've 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 and and um and so we're, we're, we're turning our backs to everything else. And, but at the same time, acknowledging some level of validity of all these other prac of these other practices. Otherwise, why would he have gone to her in the first place? Right. If he didn't believe there's any validity to what she was doing or any power in what she was doing, he wouldn't have gone in the first place. So it may have been an act of desperation, but it was an act of desperation that was supported by, there there there's there's something here even if i don't on face value agree with it even if it's against the religion that i am trying to enforce and put in place for this kingdom right now there's still some validity to it here and and it it kind of reminds me of in our modern day times where um not not that um belief in any um pagan rituals or festivals or storylines ever really went away, but now there is there is more of an acceptance of uh, people who are who are getting into the Wicca movement, who are revisiting the ori- these original pagan ideas um, that that were the original. For, they weren't religions, but they were the original idea of how people sort of made sense of themselves and what was beyond them. God, God, the universe, and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 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 I, I, it for me, for me, it was it was kind of an interesting nod to it. I find it fascinating that they left it in. Is 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 where it is because as these stories are being, you know, edited and and the canon is being assembled, you know, it would have. Uh, I, I think it does illustrate Derek's point of yeah, you go you go see a witch, you die the next day. Like don't go see witches. Um, so, but still, they they could have take they could have they could have Take not put that in there at all. We wouldn't be talking yeah. about it today. We would have never known. So, so but, Ogan, you you and I, we both share. Uh, if I'm if I'm if I remember correctly, we both share kind of like fundamentalist evangelical Christian roots. Praise Jesus. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm really interested in like. How does that part of your background, like how do you, how does that part of your background inform how you see this story? Because for me, there is there is a piece of it here that like, as as like I think about my fundamentalist background, like mm-hmm. let's say, oh yes, this was definitely a witch, and oh yes, she definitely was connected to evil spirits, and yep. oh yes. That's that all that happened. That the, and, that that's the that's the work of the devil right that, there. That, that is the devil. <laughs> exactly that's 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 and that's what i said about me being in unity that i'm saying what i'm saying because 20 years ago 25 years ago my what i'd been saying was that's what happens when you play with the devil <laughs> you, you you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna survive you're not gonna get it okay this is a lesson about that and and so yeah so in in a in it's 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 fascinating to watch myself now not not even go there <laughs> at all at all but but could 
but could still reflect back on how I on 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 how I did interpret the story when I was coming up as a teenager in in a more yeah Pentecostal type evangelical sort of um, upbringing and to your point reinforcing why Saul was not the chosen one you know good old good old King David would have never done that sure he'd have sent men to die because he lusted after woman but he ain't playing with the devil. <laughs> Right, you know, and I've like seen and forgive my ignorance here, but like in certain like churches, like I think like Pentecostal, like there's like people talking in tongues, and there's these other like incredibly like um, I don't know how to describe it, but these moments of intense sort of revelation where some sort of spirit is taking a hold of someone. And is that something yes. you grew up with? And how does yes. that play into all this? Oh yeah, yes. So, um, so there's a part of me that will respond to that with two words, mass hysteria. Okay. So okay. trials, like the same kind of thing. Yeah. Just, I'm just saying when you, yeah. when you watch, when you watch those, uh, like services and Benny Hinn is waving his coat over the crowd and people are just like falling down, Yeah, you know, by the, by the scores in the dozens, you know, there, there's, there's a, there's a piece of that. There's, you know, and I guess it's it's just that when I believe that when we believe something strong enough, mm-hmm. we'll do it. Yeah. We will manifest it. We will make it real yeah. because the power of our minds and the power of belief is unstoppable. Virtually back to Dumbledore, right? You know, exactly. You go back to you know moms lifting up cars off of their children, right? You know, in a in a rational moment we do not believe we can lift the car by ourselves. But when we get to that moment, boom, up the car goes. So, so that's kind of where um, I will put that now. Well, and I, I'll, I'll add two things. One is that I think in those circles, the idea that the possession that is happening is the Holy Spirit. And okay. so that's okay. Like right. <laughs> that spirit possessing you is, is okay. Exactly. Um, but there's also another piece, and I think this gets this gets lost, is that a lot of the um, practices of Pentecostalism are derived from traditional African practices, traditional the African practices of aestheticism, where like that is a part of of the ritualized culture, and and you know I think there's a way of um, there's a way that you know that reinforces sort of the 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 narrative of the savage and 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 mm. all those sorts of things that you know I don't we don't have time to get into, um, but I but I do think that we have to recognize that there is there is an older religious tradition that speaks to those kind of ecstatic experiences that predates Christianity and Christianity as it does so well co-opted those things into its practices. Yes. Yes. Quick, quick sidebar. Is anyone watching the righteous gemstones? No. On HBO. Oh dude, dude, you gotta watch this man. So it, it is, it is, it's a, you know, know, after nine o'clock, I can't watch it. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's, 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 it's humor, dark, basically dark comedy, but comedy written by, uh, Danny McBride. uh, Oh, Right. Who, and it's about, it's about a mega church family. And started starring John Goodman as the patriarch. Danny McBride is one of his sons. And it's really the, it's really the behind the scenes of what it, what, what could be, might be, some would say actually is, uh, the life of a megachurch pastor and his family and so on. People, people, have likened, people have likened it to the experience of working with uh, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Mm. You know, because you know, he's, he's a dirty bird and people have really attested to that. Wow. And, and here he is, the, the leader of this, this mega movement. Um, that arguably has lost its way, but that's a whole other show. Um, so yeah, Righteous Gemstones on HBO. I highly recommend. Are they a sponsor? Can we? Yeah, <laughs> a sponsor. I, yeah I wish HBO was a sponsor of this show. Absolutely. We can, we can all dream. Not TV, it's HBO. 
exactly. We 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 can all we can all dream. I my 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 fantasy is that is that you know they'll pick us up like they picked up uh, Pod Save America, and we 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 have a Pub Theology HBO special. Putting it, putting it out there. <laughs> you know, you know, speak it into existence. Affirm it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I am. I'm. I'm going. I'm going to claim it. So, before we leave this story, what do you think about? I joked about it earlier, but what do you think about Samuel's first thing? Why have you disturbed me? Like, are you thinking? You know, to 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 bring it back around to the afterlife experience. What was happening that he was being disturbed from? Was it just a rest of nothingness? Was it like something going on? Where do you think Samuel was coming from? Uh, interesting phrase, bringing me up. Where is he coming up from? Why is up the word used? Like, where? Like, do we think it's just, it's just, is, is this like a bodily thing happening? Or is it just some imagery, specter stuff going on? Like, like just that one line. Like, there's a lot I can unpack from that. Where are where, where y'all landing with that? Well, I'm interested in seeing the Hebrew now. Uh, here we go. Deep diving, people. Deep diving. Exactly. Exactly. Here, Derek, you start while I, uh, <laughs> I pull up the Hebrew to that one because I'm really so interested to with, see. Without the Hebrew in front of me. <laughs> oh, I know you're, you're a real Hebrew scholar. So. <laughs> well, but my understanding is like the idea of, of you, you die and you go to rest in Sheol with, with your ancestors. And is, isn't that sort of the traditional understanding of of what happens when you die at that time? Yes, no, close? It, you know, I think in, in Judaism, it's, it's, there's definitely a concept of this place, right? And there's different terms for it. We have Sheol, we have Gehenam. Um, there are some, some thoughts that there was a down below, there was above. It's not really as fleshed out as sort of the heaven and hell that we see in sort of Christian theology. Um, and again, I think going back to what Ogin was saying about sort of in the unity, that focus on this life, that's very much in Judaism as well, which I think is part of the reason why the afterlife is a little bit of amorphous kind of idea of, of what exactly it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good, it's a, I don't think any of us know, right? That's, that's part of it. Yeah. I think that's, that's, it's really interesting to think of death as as rest as opposed to so many of the other kind of christian uh ideas of what happens to you when you die um well i hope to god i'm not working this hard after i die because come on man <laughs> I mean, there's, seriously there are christian understandings of, of of you know death being yeah like being work or constant worship or yeah. something like that, and I I actually very much like the idea of death being rest. Yeah, I don't need constant worship. That sounds exhausting. I was just looking at the Hebrew. It's really interesting because it, it's it's the ha'alot, which literally means to to bring someone up. Um, and so you know, I'm always interested because I want to you know translation obviously plays such a part in things. But it literally is bring somebody up, and what now it can mean when when someone's called up to like our we call it the bima, which is like the stage where we lead services from. When they're called up to read from the Torah, the you know the first five books are our sacred text of the, of the Bible. We call it an aliyah. They come up, and part of it is physical. <laughs> but somebody's calling. God's calling. God's calling. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> but, it's, um, but it's also there's a the, the the Hebrew word has a sense of sort of a spiritual going up as well. Um, mm. It's used in other places in the Bible too, and other places in Judaism. Not necessarily mean a physical lifting up, but a spiritual going up. Um, so that's kind of an interesting idea what that means. Gotcha, gotcha. That helped anything, but so I want. I also want to go a little bit. Further um, in the in the past, verse eighteen, two, two things. Um, Samuel says, "Moreover, the Lord will give Israel along with you into the hands of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me." Um, what do you think? Most awkward meeting ever. After you know, 
Well, and I think this kind of assumes that there is a one-stop shop for dead people <laughs> and not like good people right. go to one place and, dead, and bad people go another place. It's kind of Ooh, like... That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead, You're dead right. People go to dead people place. Right, because um, here's, here's Saul turning his back on God doing all this, all this nonsense, but he's ending up in the same place as the prophet Samuel. God, right. yeah. So that's I, think, I think that's more interesting to me than than like that's the most interesting piece of it for me is the idea that um that death is kind of an equalizer uh Uh, as opposed to death being sort of this uh divisive thing death is actually the thing that puts us on the same plane right 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 i think there's an idea as well which i i don't know where it is in judaism or maybe i got it from the show the good place but um (laughs) there's some good theology i was gonna Uh, say best best theological program on tv right now right but that um even better than than the god friended me one Um, oh my god that was that was nonsense i didn't last very long could not me even make it through the first season nope um, but this idea that the afterlife, we all go to the same place, but that it's, but that depending on who we are, how we act in this world or our temperament, um, it's either heaven or hell for us. Right. And that for some people, you know, I, I know in, in, in Judaism tradition, the rabbis, they envision sort of the afterlife as this great study hall where everyone's studying, studying the Bible all day long. And if you lived your life and grew accustomed to studying, then this would be heaven for you. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Oh my goodness. So there may also be a very simple explanation for this entire episode with Saul and the witch, because in verse 20, we read immediately Saul fell full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him for he had eaten nothing all day and night was the man just having a hunger hallucination. (laughs) He was just hangry. He was right. I mean, in in yeah. that possible too? I've I listen, man. I've had some weird thoughts and visions when I hadn't eaten for a while. <laughs> yeah, but again, I mean, coming back to to what you said, Ogan, um, I love that the the Harry Potter line of you know what's what's just in our head, what's real. You know, people that that take hallucinogenics or other things and have yeah. mystical these spiritual visions, whether it's from from hunger or whatever else, um, is it real? Is it just in their head? Who knows? Exactly, exactly. And and the the last thing was before uh, Saul departs, the the witch does give him some uh, some food to go, and he's saying he would not eat, but his servants, together with the woman, urged him. He listened to their words. He got up. Uh, she had a calf. She she gave him some food, and and he went away. Um, I, I we won't go into the next chapter, but it'll be interesting to see where his thoughts were after he had meal because, you know, self care after sometimes we fed ourselves and we arrested things look a whole lot different. Not for him, he still died, but I'm just saying this this could have been this gonna be the hunger a hunger hallucination, um, and it could have been just that simple. Uh, who knows? We would have seen if he went there with a full stomach. I also wonder how much of it was a was a self fulfilling prophecy. Oh, so so Saul yeah. Saul hears he's going to die, and then I mean at the end he he falls on his own sword, right? I mean, right. He it was his choice to die in some ways. I mean the Philistines may have killed him and taken him captive. Are you but, are you creeping around the edges of a conspiracy theory here? <laughs> you know who knows. <laughs> the, the witch, witch, was, it all the witch was a plan. She was working for the Philistines. It was all uh, right. Oh, the no. witch was a plan to set them all up. There we go. There we go. stranger than fiction. Uh, I'm looking at the time, and where how, how you, to do. He's he's got to go brisk. Uh, so you uh, thank you very much, uh, Rabbi, for uh, joining. Oh, such a joy. Such today. a joy. You guys, I'll see you next month. Uh, yeah, we are looking forward to it. Are you? Do you got an online presence anywhere people can check you out or follow you or anything? Or yeah, I, I don't post as much as I should, but Twitter, I'm at Philly Rabbi. I think I'm Eli C. Friedman on Instagram. I never do anything on there. I'm on Facebook. Um, <laughs> check out our website, rotoshalom.org. You can read all my sermons where I talk about you know 
the afterlife and Saul and witches and conspiracy theories and, nice. and, and beer. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. It was a, it was a pleasure to share this time with you. Thank you. Bye guys. All right. See you later. See you later. Uh, so, uh, in our remaining time, you, you want to tackle ghosting or, or we want, we, we want to, <laughs> I mean, do you want, do you have anything profound to say about ghosting? Um, other, other than you, we should be brave enough and not do it. No, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't take the coward's way out. That's, I, that's I, will, I will just say like that. I have, I have done it and it's never gone well. It so doesn't, it doesn't go do well. No, no, don't, 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 don't do it. <laughs> So be, is, be brave, that, people. That be is, brave. That is Derek and Ogan on ghosting. Don't do it. There you go. Don't don't do it. <laughs> it's not gonna end well. Uh, so I think that's kind of all we got for today. Um, we're gonna wrap it up. Um, maybe if we got a few minutes after we shut this down, we'll talk. We'll we'll go back to that whole Jesus ghost thing because because that 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 seemed to push a little button in Derek there and I, I need to hear his thoughts so we're gonna chat about that for a few more minutes if you want to get part of if you want to hear that conversation uh we're gonna we're gonna post this entire thing uh the the pre-show and this little post-show discussion up on youtube so you can check us out there you can listen to us anytime on soundcloud stitcher google play music uh we still got iTunes. That's Apple Podcast now. Um, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Rate us on whatever you listen to. Uh, connect, spread the word on social media. Use the hashtag PT Live on all the social media. And I think that's uh, that's it. If you want to create a pub theology gathering in your town or see if there is one, check out the directory at pubtheology.com/directory. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.